Thorse was fearful of what move might do when Pixie escaped and went public along with Wit and Josh. So they left Philadelphia, and now they need to return. They've asked to go public immediately. I think that maybe uh, publicity will help to protect us in a way. You know, because I don't put anything past them. You were born in the organization. Yes. You're in the organization now. No. She's 24 years old. And while she was being in MOVE, she was known as Ria Africa. A lot of people that I know that they think of MOVE as a black organization or like an organization that's for liberation. Some people do see them as prominent figures in the black community. It's definitely more of a cult. They've said that they're not. Organization. Does MOVE want people to think they're that? Oh, okay. So that's planned. It is definitely constructive. Like, even when we were younger and would go out to think this is how you act when you're around, like, quote unquote, system people, which is anyone who's not in the organization, like you put on an act. When Maria says that system people are everyone not in MOVE, that includes MOVE supporters. More in depth on that later, but just earmark this. I then ask, what happens if you don't put on for the system people? You have a meeting, usually. I feel like a meeting in MOVE is not what people, what normal people think of when they're meeting, because you think of people getting together to discuss it. That's not what happens. It's more of like a bashing session. And you have to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder what would happen to someone if they said that there was a meeting called on them and they didn't go. When did your first meeting start? Oh, when I was as young as I can remember, like probably like around, like they have meetings on five-year-olds, like on and they would have meetings. Who's running the meetings? Like Rhea, Bert. Rhea is known in the move story as Sue Africa and legally as Sue Lavino. Bert in the move organization is Alberta Africa, legally Alberta Wicker Gilbride Wonderland. And then they would have all of everyone in the room go around and say something. Nice? No, definitely not. These meetings are essentially a room full of people move people, sitting around the person of focus, who is in the quote-unquote hot seat, because they committed some kind of violation against the move beliefs, also known as the guidelines. A violation is what a move leadership says is a violation. And then also when you're younger, sometimes if you do something like things that a kid might just normally do, hit someone, they'll like make it into a bigger thing. And it's, oh, that's because your parents don't love you. And that's because you hate this person or you hate John Africa. John Africa is the founder and original leader of MOVE. But he died on May 13th, 1985, in the bombing, 11 years before Maria was even born. And where's your mom in that? Usually in the room, sometimes not. And there's your mom doesn't love you and she's in the room. Yeah. And then she doesn't say, what does she say? When it's her turn to talk, she'll say that's not true. And what happens to her? And they tell her that she's lying. Then and then berate the person. And then sometimes after, like, things won't end at the meeting, like, it'll drag on. And you'll have to go to several meetings or you're, like, outcasted for a while. What does outcasted mean? You're not really allowed to be a part of, like, the inner circle for a while. Like, with Rhea and Bert, like, they don't, like, they'll you for a while. So Maria says that the meeting started age five for things as small as impulsively hitting another move child, but that it was all really just setting the stage for the more intense meetings to come when the children became teenagers. These meetings are about getting married and move, not in the legal sense, but according to move law. So you got your period 13. At 13, yeah. And then, what? but when did the discussions of pregnant start? 
Oh, pretty early. Probably when I was like 14. Yeah. Maria tells me that she always told Move Leadership that she did not want to get not want to get Move married, but they kept having meetings on her and her mom, who was a longtime Move member. I had seen what they had done to other women in the organization, and I just knew that I did not want my life. And so I was like thinking to myself that like, I would rather, like I'm prepared to be homeless if I have to. The threat for her to get pregnant and married when movership orders you to, it's the threat of being thrown out. This means being kicked out of communal move housing. And I think that's when my suicidal thoughts started. It wasn't just, oh, you should get married. It would be like, Bert would be like every time Bert came to the often there would be a meeting on me. Again, Bert is Alberta, Africa. He is not Maria's mother. And she would meet like if I were sick, she would say that's because you're not married, you're not pregnant. Or if I would have cramps, say it's because I won't get pregnant. Move is a closed group of less four dozen people that considers anyone outside of Move to be system people who are not to be treated. So when leadership is ordering Maria and the to get married and pregnant course involves boys in MOVE. All of the children born into MOVE are raised together, communally. Because it was confusing because they would say brothers and sisters, but then also you were expected to get married eventually, so it was very confusing. MOVE's website, onamoo.com, says that they are a family of strong, serious, and deeply committed revolutionaries that all take the last name Africa. And for decades, the supporters of MOVE in Philadelphia, around the U.S., and around the world have never questioned what MOVE says that it is. And it seems that those media never tried to look beyond the MOVE PR or to individuals in MOVE who were not the public spokespeople. What do you think MOVE is? Definitely like an abusive cult. That's just like two words that come to mind when I think of my time there. And why hasn't that come out? They really put on it like a good show. I believe, because I feel like if I were a stranger just looking at and like reading things, like I would see them as one, a black organization, and I would see them as pro-black because that's what they put out to the public. And there was the bombing. And I see where like sympathy comes from other people for them, because if I didn't know them, then I would, I would think the same thing probably. The majority of people who are familiar with MOVE and the MOVE story is because of the day on May 13th, 1985, the second deadly MOVE confrontation with police that ended with the death of the leader of MOVE, John Africa, a Black man, five other Black adult members, and five Black children raised in MOVE. They are not by any means pro-Black in any way, and they, according to them, have never claimed to be a pro-Black organization. How do they feel about race? I think that white people definitely at the top, and the closer that you are to white, like it goes down in there. If you Google MOVE, the people you'll see representing MOVE are people like Pam Eka, Pixie's mother, Ramona Africa, the only adult move survivor of the bombing on May 13th, Africa Jr., featured in the recent HBO documentary about move called 40 Years a Prisoner. All three of these public spokespeople of move are black and speak about systemic racism and police brutality against black Americans and specifically against move. Pam and Ramona hold rallies, give interviews, paid to do speaking engagements on campuses. So, of course, I assumed they were the leader. And when I asked Bob, a long supporter and fellow Prudence podcast, and asked various other MOVE supporters, they also said that Edom or Ramona were the MOVE. What are people seeing and what is, is that is reality? Are those the people? Not at all. The real leaders are Bert, who no one knows. Like, Bert could go to the MOVE gathering 
like public thing and no one would know, like none of the outside people. So Rhea is Sue for listening because to the outside world, she's Sue, mm-hmm. but to the ins of move, she's Rhea. She's Rhea, yeah. But nobody in the world knows that. No. Yeah. Describe who Rhea is, who she is in the organization and how is applied to her. She is like the, I would describe her co-leader, like the vice president. A lot of people say that Rhea is not white, even though she definitely is. Rhea, Sue Africa, is in fact a white person. She came into MOVE in 1972 at the very beginning of the group, along with quite a few other white people who also became members. But after confrontations and long prison sentences, Rhea is the only white member from the 1970s that is still a member. She says that she's not a racist person, but I think I disagree with that. I think a lot of people would, given some of the things that I've seen her say and do, including using the N-word. Using the N-word. Towards Black people. In the organization? Yes. When Googling move, images of Rhea what comes up, and it seems that she is only seen at certain move events, which Maria and other sources of mine say that this is by design. Okay, let's talk about Bert. So Bert is Alberta. Yeah. But she goes by Bert. And she is who? She is the leader. She is the leader of the organization. She is a Black woman, but I've heard her several times refer to herself as white. So Mia is saying that MOVE is run by a white woman who thinks she is not white, as second in command to a Black woman who thinks she is not Black, but instead white. And that for years, decades, two of them have been make it look like they are a liberation group by people like Pam and Ramona, who are Black, talking about Blacks. Because, obviously, to Bert, I feel like whiteness is the standard for whatever reason. I do believe that maybe some trauma, even for her when she was younger, regarding skin color, maybe what I've always thought is like started in her childhood, and that's why she's obsessed with skin color. So why Alberta the leader? Why is she the leader? Um... She was married to Donna. When John Africa, legally Vincent Liebhart, died on May 13th, 1985, legally married to his first wife, who was not a movement. According to her, she was his heart and her the leader of the organization. I also wouldn't be surprised if it had anything to do with her skin color, with her being a lighter skin and her co-leader being a white person. So if we look at MOVE and who was born into the organization, and you're telling me that shade of skin color matters. Give me examples of how that works. For example, there will be siblings in the organization who might be of different skin tones. And they will, like, for example, take the lighter one out to a show or to like a play or whatever and not allow the darker skinned one to come. Or like Bert has things to me, like comparing me to other people in the organization who are darker, especially when it came to Zach and who he dates. Zach is Elbrick's only son. He's also the only son of the late John Gilbride, who you know was murdered in 2002 and the focus of this podcast. John Gilbride was a white man. She had told me, I wish you would marry my son. And I'm like, he's already with someone. And she says, yeah, but the two of you could have been, uh, what did she, Nana chocolate ice cream. And my mom goes, and this person that he's with are vanilla chocolate. And Bert, you said the wrong thing. In Move... Considered light skinned. And sources allege that when it came to Zach and who he would be mate matched within Move, that the potential girls had to be the lighter ones, and that the discussions about Zach's prospects 
began as soon as he was born. There was an actual betrothment ceremony, basically a wedding event, where a young light-skinned girl born into move was promised as Zach's future wife. I have received a photo of this alleged betrothment or promise ceremony. Tears have been attended by all move members, but not by supporters or anyone outside the group. In the photo, taken at move orders, there's an archway with flowers, lots of people standing underneath it. There is a three-year-old girl in a white dress, wearing a crown of flowers. And there is Zach, Alberta's son, at around age 14, in a tuxedo. And like the other men, dressed in tuxedos, Zach is wearing a boutonniere. According to my sources, this betrothment ceremony is concluded with a kiss on the lips between the two children, the girl and Zach, and then celebrated by everyone over food. This happened in 2010, in the middle of the city of Philadelphia. I've put the up on Instagram. Murder Ryan's run, and I've pixelated the faces of any minors. So even though Marie Black and considered light-skinned in Move, she says that uh, the leader of Move was the actual terminer of race in Move. Bert told me that I'm not really laughs at me when I say that I'm Black. Like she says, like, uh, Maria thinks that she's Black. And I'm like, Black, then what am I? And she'll make up other things that I have connection to. She'll say that in X, which I'm not at all, insist that I have to be. Like, um, like other things that I'm just not. She'll say that I look Asian sometimes. Like she'll make up. And, but just that she herself, like around my skin tone, is not Black either. How does race play to privilege in the organization? You can go and the things that you're expected to do. Color, like skin color has a lot to do with that. It's like damaging to the side of a person to hear like this, especially as a darker skinned person here to hear that like you can't go because you're too dark. Like I imagine like my mom felt when they touched she couldn't go to places with us because she was too dark. Would somebody darker complexion than Alberta ever run the organization, do you think? No. They do black people in particular that black people are animals and black people don't like animals. They say that African people are really mean. You in America, but you're of African descent. So I don't really see how that makes any sense. As somebody who grew up in Move, the storytelling, do you feel it represents your life? No. They say that the kids were happy, healthy, the happiest, healthiest kids. And that's not true like that for sure growing up there. I was not, there were happy times, but it was not a happy childhood. I was always on edge, like I don't ever not feel anxious in my life, like not living with anxiety. And I was just a dark time. Like I, looking back on it, it's not something that I like to think about. There are tears just pouring out of Maria's own eyes and running down her face. Yeah, I don't like to think about it a lot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is every single time I talk to one of you guys, it makes me cry. But especially my teenage years, I would say were the hardest because I had seen what they had did to other women in the organization. And I just couldn't imagine like my life being that way because I knew that there were other things that I wanted to do with my life. Who stepped in for you? My mom and Pixie. What if they hadn't? I don't. It sounds dark, but I don't know if I'd be alive. If move leaders... Alberta Africa and Rhea had been successful in making Maria as a teenager get married and then pregnant. Maria believes that she would have been so desperate that she would have taken her own life. Yeah, I would have rather have done that than to have gotten married or had a baby. Those are things that I don't that I ever want to do now. Who do you think would be held accountable for what happened? I think Rhea and Bert 
I feel like a lot of other people were victims of Brian Burt as well. And even if they did things that were wrong, they were victims themselves of Brian Burt. Victims in a like move that is being alleged by Mar- Pixie, Wit, and Josh, and many others to be a dangerous cult. Victims can become victimizers. That is how this group's control works. I ask Mar- a question as we sit in the car that June day. If you could say anything to the leadership of MOVE, if they were listening to what would you say? But I guess I would just want to tell them that they don't have power over me. Like I'm going to speak up. Marie's story is her own, but I assure you that her experience in the MOVE cult is the exception. It's proof of the underage MOVE child betrothment ceremony is up on our social media and has been more than confirmed by sources. To get an understanding of what it was like to grow up as a boy MOVE, you can listen to episode number three. Maria's story is her own, but I assure you that her experience in the MOVE cult is not the exception. It's the rule. Proof of the underage MOVE child betrothment ceremony is up on our social media and has been more than confirmed by other female sources. To get an understanding of what it was like to grow up as a boy in MOVE, you can listen to bonus episode number three. If you have any information about the 2002 unsolved murder of ex-MOVE member John Gilbride or about the crimes committed inside of MOVE, please reach out to the podcast via email, murderatryansrun at gmail.com, or message us on social media. We would appreciate if you would rate, review, and share the podcast. And definitely follow us on social media for bonus content and news. This podcast was reported, hosted, written, and edited by me, Beth McNamara. Archival research and producing by Robert Helms. Thanks for listening. The producers wish to stress that all individuals referenced in this podcast series are presumed innocent unless or until they are proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law in the United States of America.